How the Treaty of Peace Was Made from Echoes of the Forest by William Edgar Brown. Read for LibriVox.org by Ms. Muse. How the Treaty of Peace Was Made, a Sioux Legend. In the olden time it happened, so twas told by our fathers, that the Sioux made their encampment near the hunting grounds and pastures of the Crows, their ancient enemy. This was viewed with great disfavor by the Crows, a warlike nation. Now it seems that two young warriors, leaders they among the young men, rivals were for their chief's daughter, Blue Sky, had they named the maiden. Fair and comely were her features, honored she among the women, and these two young warriors loved her. Red Owl was so fierce a warrior that the maiden greatly feared him, felt uneasy in his presence. But she loved Matsoka better, and the white bear loved the maiden, would his life's blood give to save her. One night the entire encampment had given way to mirthful pleasure, song and story, mirth and laughter, mingled with the sound of music. All about from the great circle, blazing campfires roared and crackled, cast around a glow most cheerful, lighting up the vaulted heavens which were tranquil, clear, and quiet. Suddenly a strange sound mingled with the mirth and songs and laughter. Then came rush of galloping ponies, then war cries of fierce crow warriors as they rushed upon the campers. But the watchful Indian warriors, never wholly unsuspecting, watching hourly for a battle, always had their warlike weapons near where they could quickly reach them. So they bravely met the onslaught, wives and mothers, e'en old men, bravely cheered the warriors forward. Thus throughout the long night's darkness did the fierce warfare continue. When the faint gray light of morning glimmered in the eastern heavens, many brave Sioux warriors' bodies were stretched out upon the cold ground. But the people, all undaunted, said they died the death they wished to, death of warriors brave and faithful, dying for the ones who loved them. When the warriors who had fallen, with great honors had been buried, met they in a council chamber to award distinguished honors to the ones who most deserved them. Black Hawk was the first awarded, for twas he who first had fallen. Then came Matsoka, the white bear. Next came Red Owl, of fierce visage. Frowning darkly on the council, it is I who earned next honors, for I touched the old chief's body, next one after fearless Black Hawk. But my brother, spoke the old chief, these belong to brave Matsoka. When Red Owl heard the decision, which was given by the old chief, flashed his eyes with indignation, knit his brows with furious anger, heaved his breast with sheer emotion like the waves upon the river when the clouds are dark and lowering. Stood he up before the council, swayed his tall form like the elm tree when tis swayed by mighty tempest. Then he wrapped his blanket round him, strode he forth to his own teepee, in his breast a tempest raging. 
for he was the white bear's rival for the prized and warlike honors and for the hand of lovely blue sky who had been within the circle witnessed his humiliation thus with burning indignation strode he from the council chamber to submit with quiet demeanor to the mandate of the old chief found he not within his power to the hills alone he wandered for to fast and pray he went there dwelt alone with his great mystery through the whole night and the next day till the sun was westward and sinking then with quiet mind he turned him once again to his encampment for the storm had all passed over who can tell what strange emotions rise within a human bosom strange emotions of fierce anger feelings both of joy and sorrow love as holy as the angels hatred bitter cruel deep-seated envy subtle as a serpent kindness like the holy father one day he smiles with peace of heaven next day shakes with violent passion oh what fury rage and torment ravage souls of men and women and when once aroused like red owl oh what words are harshly spoken fiery words of indignation words with rage's poison laden are shot forth like barbed arrows making wounds that sink far deeper in the heart of him who hears them for indelibly tis written on the tablet of the memory who can tell the blighting power of an evil word of passion who can tell the gracious influence of one little word of kindness when rage in the heart is kindled and a plan is consummated it may ruin a man a woman blight a town a state a nation truly has the wise man spoken truly does the good book tell us greater he who rules his spirit than is he who takes a city oh how many hearts are aching oh how many feuds are kindled which might wholly be averted if unto fair reason's whisper men would lend their ears one moment in a few days the brave warriors of the sioux were seen attacking an encampment of crow warriors who were well prepared to fight them and the struggle was a fierce one in the end the sioux retreated with the conquering crows pursuing fierce red owl and brave matsoka boldly led the warriors forward and were foremost in the battle when their followers fled they tarried and their swift retreat defended then it happened that matsoka and a warrior fought together suddenly did consternation fill the heart of brave matsoka for without his bow and arrows with his good spear badly broken fought a crow brave single-handed while to make his case more hopeless someone shooting from behind him struck his good steed with an arrow and the horse fell dead beneath him all alone now was matsoka for fierce red owl had sped to safety but with head erect and dauntless walked he forward for to meet them in a moment he was taken by a band of fierce crow warriors and henceforth he was their prisoner when red owl reached his band of warriors suddenly he drew an arrow and without one moment waiting pierced his pony's body with it 
Then his scalp knife's keen blade taking to his heart, he madly drove it, sent the red blood swiftly flowing, all the ground was covered with it. Then he sank and writhed in anguish. Red Owl was so brave a warrior, said the braves who looked upon him. Our disgrace was too much for him. Thus this deed was perpetrated. When Blue Sky, the old chief's daughter, heard the fate of her brave lover, in her heart she had a feeling that he had been taken prisoner, and she meant to go and find him. So that night the Indian maiden set out on her perilous journey, as though she rode her horse to water, and her faithful watchdog followed, as if he understood her motives. Slowly, slowly rode the maiden, till beyond her people's vision, then dismounting found provisions, which she carefully had hidden, also moccasins and needles, these she packed upon her pony, rode away into the dark night. Blue Sky knew that many dangers waited for her in the darkness. For a man there were many dangers, but far more were for a woman. Besides the groups of nomad Indians, animals were fierce and numerous. These, too, jeopardized her safety. But in spite of all these dangers, no harm came to lovely Blue Sky. When the morning light was breaking, Blue Sky lighted from her pony, picketed him in fresh green pasture, stroked his silken mane, and praised him for the service he had rendered. Crouched her watchdog down beside her, shared their frugal meal together. Then beneath the green tree's branches laid she down in peaceful slumber while her faithful watchdog guarded. Thus far had their journey prospered. In the afternoon she wakened, much refreshed and feeling stronger. Then she set out to discover the late battlefield's location. Soon she found it and dismounted. Soon she saw the milk-white pony of her brave and loved Matsuka. Then she stooped and drew the arrow which had killed his tiny charger. Ah, t'was not an enemy's arrow. T'was the angry red owl shot it. He had proved himself a traitor, and her lover was a prisoner. Of the fate of brave Matsoka, Blue Sky was in doubt no longer. He was doubtless held a prisoner by the fierce and cruel crow warriors. He was held for cruel torture, and to save him she was minded. She would rescue him from torture. Quickly did the Indian maiden know the plans that she would follow, so she hid herself till nightfall. Then she entered the encampment, boldly in their midst she entered, dressed as nearly like their women as she could arrange her costume. Carried she a bundle with her, which a small papoose resembled, walked straight through the dim encampment to the crowded council chamber. Nearer drew she to the old chief, strange the sight that met her vision. There in holiday attire, dressed as if a guest of honor, sat the brave and dauntless white bear on the right hand of the old chief. Like a prince, he proudly sat there, in her joy and exultation, stepped she forward in the circle where the light fell full upon her. Then went up a cry of horror, as before had not been sounded in the solemn council chamber, for the warriors had detected that a spy was in their council. 
Quickly was Blue Sky surrounded by a score of angry warriors, shouting in their consternation, See, a traitor is among us! See, a Sioux, a spy is with us! But the chief, with tones commanding, ordered them to bring her hither. Thus escorted by two warriors, walked she forth with dauntless courage. Head erect and bright eyes flashing, all the courage of the red man welling up in her bosom. Thus she bravely faced the old chief, won at once his admiration. Then the chief, in tones more gentle, thus addressed the Indian maiden. What could bring you to this council, daughter of the Sioux, our enemies? Young art thou, and fair thy features. Mild thy tones, and soft thy accent. Tell me now what brings you hither. You have killed my only brother. You have taken my lover prisoner. Tis for his sake that I come here, that I risk my life and honor, that I now am in this chamber. Brave Sioux maiden, spoke the old chief, bravest of all Indian women. Know you that your valiant lover was betrayed by a Sioux warrior when a brave fought with the white bear? Brave and fearless is your lover, but twas not his bravery saved him. Twas because he so resembled my brave son who fell in battle. Thus thy lover I've adopted. He my son shall be from henceforth. But thou brave and faithful maiden, thou shalt have him for thy husband. So Blue Sky and brave Matsoka sojourned with their rival nation. And as time went on, the old chief looked upon them with such favor that he felt a strong desire. Peace might be between the nations, that warfare might cease between them. Then it happened that the old chief called his tribe to meet in council, where he made known his desire. Told them how he loved the white bear, told them how he loved his daughter. Then the warriors bowed in silence, sat for long time sad and thoughtful. Then they answered with deep pathos, answered braves as well as women, we are glad you speak such wise words. It is well, tis well, our father. Soon it was after this meeting that fair Blue Sky and her husband, with a host of friendly warriors bearing presents rich and costly, went again unto their people, and the Sioux rejoiced to see them as from the dead again returning. Many were the words of welcome, many were the kindly greetings. Oh, how overjoyed the heart is after long time separation. Greet we once again our loved ones, when for many years we've missed them. When Matsoka told the old chief why the crows had come to see them, quickly did he call a meeting of his warriors in the council, and with due consideration smoked the peace pipe with the warriors, talked of love and peace and friendship. Many speeches made the warriors, first one side and then the other, then at last a friendly treaty which would join the tribes together in a lasting bond of friendship, twixt the tribes, was consummated, which for many summers lasted. Then a mighty shout resounded from the solemn council chamber, such a shout as comes from glad hearts when emotion fills their bosoms, fills their hearts with joy and rapture. 
Then they went forth from the council with glad hearts and smiling faces, for their work had been completed, and a sumptuous feast was made them. Many deer were dressed and roasted, many dainties were provided, mingled sue and crows together, mingled their joyful feasting. Thus the treaty of peace was made, thus the peace was consummated. End of How the Treaty of Peace Was Made This recording is in the public domain.